mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. we got three lines open, 303-477-5600. We've been talking a little bit about the chain lob in, in the mountains and about mountain driving, about what what things go bad in your car. We're talking about scanners a little bit, about all the modules that are alive on your car exactly. <laughs> anymore like they never used to be. Um, so if you have any questions about anything, we've even talked about a tractor. So, you know, <laughs> we can fix anything. You just give us a call, and we'd love to talk about it. Again, 303-477-5600. Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can just text us at 307-200-8222. I should check my phone to see if anybody texted. There we go. Um, so I got Josh here from Boulder Legacy Automotive, right? And... Um, so if you have any questions for him, you can call up. You, you, what kind of vehicles do you work on? Everything? Everything. Yeah. And we're in Boulder, so a lot of Subarus. But Yeah. Yeah. That's why you were asking about my Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd own a Subaru, to be honest with you. I always, you know, I've been a Nissan guy. I was a Nissan Master Tech, so I liked working on Nissans and stuff. And I always, for a while there, we had, what, three path, two Pathfinders and a little Nissan Sentra and a Maxima and... You know, an old hard body pickup. Oh yeah, I had because they body. run forever. <laughs> yeah, the D twenty ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kept going. I bought the I bought uh, original seven twenty four by four, the first ones that came out. I Little th- short bed. Those were Lo- good looking truck. I loved those things. That you, was except for they rusted really. Fast. They did. That's why you can't find them anymore. They're just no. like you know. The, the Toyota pickups, you can hardly find those. Yeah. But they were great little off-road trucks. Yeah. A little four-cylinder thing did really great. Yeah. Ran yeah. forever. Yeah. And they were they they were off the road pretty high. They they didn't sit very low. They had a lot of clearance. Yeah, they did, especially back then. It yeah. It seemed like they had a ton of clearance. For yeah. Yeah, it did great. Oh, my gosh. Four-wheeling. We went four-wheeling everywhere. Yeah, and it was such – it was a it was a inch longer than a Jeep CJ5 wheeled uh, – so then, yeah, you could, you can you could go get anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. yeah, and it would climb a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, you could make it through any switchbacks without going backward and forward right. all day long. The problem is that little four cylinder. It was it would struggle going up mountains unless you were well. You get in third gear and it would haul. It was only a four speed. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the extended cabs were five speeds, but the other one was a four speed. I don't know why they did that, but and it had manual hubs. You had to get out and lock the hubs, but you can change them out if you wanted. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked it. I loved that truck. Yeah. I put a shell on it, and we went camping in it for years, my wife and I, before we had kids and stuff. Yeah, that's a fun. Even after we had kids, we I made it to where we can sleep in the back, and we'd go camping all over the place. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so nowadays, I mean, you know, we didn't have very many modules back then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but now you do. Ignition module, that's about it. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Everything else now has just changed so drastically, you know. And then back then, you can make it home. Now, if you have a module go bad, you ain't going nowhere. You're dead. No, you're stuck. Stuck in the water. Yeah, that's the one drag about it. You know, the other good thing is, is when you start them up, you don't have to... Yeah, uh, someone was asking me the other day in church. They said, "You know, if I start my car up, do I have to wait till it warms up or pump the pedal or anything?" I go, "Wow, that is so old school. <laughs> just fire it up. You're fuel injected. Just take off." Yeah, yeah. You don't need to worry about that anymore. Yeah, they're loading some phone calls, so we do have a couple lines open: three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. Larry's loading a couple of phone calls up. Uh, we, oh, here we go. We can go to Wayne and Greeley. How you doing, Wayne? Uh. How are you guys today? Good. Good, Good to hear well, from you. Good to hear. Uh, I had a question. I got a 2021 terrain that I haven't driven much in the snow. I leave it in the garage and drive my old 95K. But um, <laughs> that's the I, I had it out the other day on the street. Uh, I got snow on my street. The others were fairly clear. So I just reached over and flipped the little knob over to all-wheel drive and went down the street, and then when I got in the clear area, I reached down and put it back in two-wheel drive. And it turned green. That knob turns green, or the letters Mm -hmm. up once you get it in there. And I didn't think anything about it. When I come back to the house, and it was in all-wheel drive. So I called uh, GMC this morning and asked them, you know, if that's something that's bad or what, and they're telling me that these new cars the cold and put it in all-wheel drive. Have you guys ever heard of that at all? I have not seen I haven't that. heard of it, but I can see it doing it. Yeah. I can see them knowing it. Because um, I, like I, I have a Subaru Outback, and as you're driving, it tells me that it's cold outside to be careful because the streets are icy. Device, yeah. So well, it knows that, that the temperature, it, and it starts clicking other switches to tell you everything. Roads may be icy. Be careful. Slow down. Yeah, mine mine does that. I've two generations of cars. I've had to do that for me, but I didn't know they would go into all wheel drive automatically if it was cold. That and a lot of all terrain cars are always sensing that the fact they slip. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I but if that's in all wheel drive for a couple miles on dry road, it's not going to hurt it, right? No, no, not the way that's set up. It'll no, be fine. because the way that's set up, it's not driving all four wheels. It's only driving one in the front and one in the rear, and it's not going to. Uh, create a problem okay well i didn't uh i don't know i never heard of it i went back into my owner's manual and saw nothing of it i read page to page and never it doesn't mention anything about automatically going into all-wheel drive uh so i don't know i just thought maybe they're blowing a little smoke but we'll see yeah Anyway, thank you, guys. I, I was just more concerned. And, you know, I've driven regular four-wheel drives. I've got an old 95K1500 with the regular four-wheel drive. Of course, I wouldn't leave that in there on a dry road. And I know, you know, I can understand the difference in the way they work, but uh, I just didn't want to take a chance with a new car. Yeah, does your 95 have the auto? You know, you have, you know, like on my, I have a 99 Chevy, and it says, auto and then it has well it has two-wheel drive four-wheel drive and then auto so in other words if you're driving down the road and it senses it's slipping it kicks it into auto four-wheel drive uh, not on that 95 yeah 
Because, see, no, so they've had that for a while, that kind of really? system. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I, when I bought this 95, I went back and checked, and I had a bunch of old Chevy truck magazines uh, back. I, I bought a new 96, um, three-quarter ton, uh, bought it new and pulled my trailer up here from Arizona. And um, it had a five-speed manual in it with the Vortec 350. Uh-huh. One of the best vehicles I've ever owned. And um, I went back looking at these magazines. That 96 and 97 Chevy Extended Cab with the Vortec in it, um, automatic or manual, that's got to be one of the best pickups they ever made. Yeah. They're pretty good. Handy, good one. you know, and that yeah. back door opened on the 90, I don't know if it was 96 or 7, but on that extended cab, you could open the back door, you know, and it was, that was just a great setup. I know. That's why I haven't got rid of my 99. I love it. <laughs> well, at 96, I pulled that trailer, a loaded 32-foot trailer up here. Uh, it was loaded. My truck was loaded. And brought it up here from Arizona, and I averaged 14 miles to the gallon on that thing with that five-speed. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And that thing, I could, in the hills in Arizona and stuff, i just slip her down in fourth gear maybe or third, and it didn't ever touch the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a heck of a truck. Anyway, thank you, guys. I appreciate your help. I just didn't want to make didn't want to be driving a new car around and all-wheel drive on dry roads if it was going to damage them. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have a good day. You, you too, too, Wayne. All right. With that, let's go to James in Pueblo. How you doing, James? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Got an old school question for you. I have a '91 Ford F-150 with a 5.0 and a manual five-speed transmission. When I let my foot off the accelerator, fourth gear, fifth gear, overdrive, that clutch clatters. And uh, as the end, as, a, as the truck's warmer, the clattering gets louder. What, what is that? So only when you you let off the clutch do you hear it? Yeah. No, no, no. When I let off the fuel, the gas. when I let off oh, the accelerator. Are the RPMs up kind of high when you're doing that? No, no. They're right where they should be, around 1,800, 2,000. Okay, that's not very high. Um, I mean, I would say sometimes I get cats that clatter, yeah. you know, when you let off of it. or. Yeah, but he's. Okay. I think he's talking about it like more like a... a it's not a rattle. It's more like a chatter, like a vibration you feel, right? Oh no, oh, no. it's a clatter. You can hear it. It's almost like if you had, uh, you know, if you had a ball on a string and you're whipping around, it's hitting something constantly at a, um, 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 at an even, even uh, rhythm. It, and it's pretty loud clatter. It's definitely a clatter. Clatter is the best. That's the best way to describe it. I. I can't describe it any other way, and it's when I take my foot off the accelerator. It's really, it's really unique. But um, you don't hear it when you accelerate, just on when you decelerate. No, what if I if I step on the gas, it stops, and, uh, and, and I release my foot all the way off the accelerator. It starts. Have you had the U-joints checked out yeah, on the driveline? 
Or even a center carrier bearing. A center bearing. carrier bearing, yeah. Have oh. You, yeah. No, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's where the first place I'd go. Because it's driveline. Because <clears throat> I doubt... Because your engine's bolted to the transmission. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all bolted tight. And I don't know, unless the throwout bearing sleeve and everything's getting really bad, but it sounds more like it might be in the drive shaft um, in the back. Without yeah, hearing it, I... Because it could be a bad U-joint. That. What's that? You can't have anything to do with that pilot bearing, that pilot bearing or anything like that, huh? It could. And it could be a front bearing on the transmission, too. But without hearing it, I don't oh. know. The first place, the most obvious, would be the carrier bearing or the rear drive shaft um, right at the pumpkin, the yeah. U-joint right there. And check those, too. I, it is it is such a unique noise that if it was common at all to anything, anybody hearing that description would know exactly what it is. And it's coming right up through uh, the boot. I can hear it right up through the boot where my um, shift lever is on that five-speed. Yeah, but things... So it's coming right up. I know they travel. Yeah. 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 Especially with a drive shaft. Okay. Yeah, it's like almost like uh, a... I don't know. Like a resonator. It can yeah. pick it up and just send yeah. it right up the drive shaft. Yeah, because they're hollow, and they just take that noise and just throw it through. I'd check oh, those okay. first. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, bet. you. Okay, with that, we have three lines open, 303-477-5600, and we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. As the cold comes in, don't let the heat go out. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air for all of your HVAC, electrical, and boiler needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. They specialize in HVAC, boilers, and all your electrical needs. This is not the time of year to mess with heating issues. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, focused on doing the job right at an affordable price. They are a top-rated home services company with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard Furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. 
Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Lewinberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you. Chrome stands for classic, antique, or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original, unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303-662-0789, or find him on our website, drive-radio.com. That's drive-radio.com. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. We got two lines open, 303-477-5600. I have a guest with me, Josh, from Legacy Automotive. So uh, let's just go ahead and go to the phones. Ray from Littleton. How you doing, Ray? Oh, I'm doing okay. Great show, guys, as always. Thank you. <laughs> hey, i got a real weird situation here. I've got a 99 Silverado um, extended cab, four-wheel drive. Uh, with a 5.3, and uh, I was having a friend do a wrap job on on the truck, and they had it in their garage. And while they had it in the garage, I guess somebody needed to move the car. He wasn't, and that person wasn't there. So they broke into the column, and I guess they were able to move the car, but I get the car. I get the truck back. They don't even tell me this. Uh, the radio doesn't work. The gauge doesn't work. Uh, when you turn the key to start the car on, if you don't start it and then pull the key back, it'll stay. You know, it, it'll push forward and grind. You know what I'm saying? Four wheel drive. The the lights for the four wheel drive. They're not on, so I don't have four wheel drive. And I think I mentioned the radio doesn't work. Wow. So I don't know what they, what they did to get in there, but um, I need to have it looked at. So. Yeah. They they did some damage. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that's definitely in the ignition switch, all that stuff, because when you turn your ignitions on, you're supposed to ignite all that stuff. It's supposed to send power to all those things. So um, have you... You're in Littleton. You can go to Geno's and have them take a look at it. Yeah, I've taken it to Steve before. I, I just had my my other car in there for some transmission service, you know, and yeah. stuff. But I just thought I'd get an idea. Well, the idea would be that it has to be in the ignition switch, and there's right. a you know once you put that in there, then it when you turn to on position, 
you were supposed to get power to everything. And and if you're not getting power to all that stuff, then there's something definitely wrong. If they got in there and they'd moved that without a ignition key, they damaged right. it. Yeah, it sounds like the old screwdriver trick. Yeah, they broke it. That's what I saw, yeah. yeah. And what happens That's is that... You have to pull, I have to pull it back. Once the car starts, you have to pull the key back, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They damaged that with a screwdriver, sounds like, inside there. You were going to say yeah, something. Yeah, because the mechanical contacts go into an electrical contact, and it right. sounds like they're misaligned. Right. And that's because they got in there with a screwdriver or something, and they have the whole mechanical side misaligned from the electrical side. And broke. And broke, probably. yeah. They'll yeah. probably replace both, all that. So. Yeah. You say you have to replace what? Both. Me- both. Well, there's an electrical part to that, and there's a mechanical part to it, to the ignition okay. switch. And when you turn and the you mechanical part, it goes across. Yeah, and in, in the, there's, if you look at that, it has, like, little... Um, contacts. contacts and they they go across those contacts to make it work to send power to each one of those units or to all of them mm-hmm. you know but if they did that and it's misaligned now because it it has to be in a certain alignment to do that to work right but then when they push that screwdriver in there they damaged it that you have to pull your key out a little bit to keep it from turning that's not good you, right. you need to, I wouldn't just try to fix it I you know and take it apart and try to realign it I would have them fix it and replace the switch, because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to have problems later on. And the wiring. Yeah. Yep. So the electrical okay. s- the side and the mechanical side. Yeah, it's all one big. They'll know. Well, yeah. S- Steve will know. It's the whole ignition switch. You can either Got buy it. a mechanical part because the key doesn't want to work anymore, or when you do work the key and it works great, the electrical part doesn't work and you can buy the back part of it. But you'll need the whole piece. Well, I have to replace my keys, or I can use the same keys. They uh, usually it depends on if if the one that you use now got damaged because they damaged the lock. So sometimes yeah. it'll chew up the key itself. Yeah, but they should be able to rekey it to you know if you still have a good key. They should yeah. be able to rekey the new mechanical lock to to, to your match your old, old keys. one. Yeah, yeah, so then it'll work in the door and the ignition. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's wonderful, guys. I, I appreciate that. I just hate surprises, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they should have told you. Yeah. Yes, they should have. And that's that's another problem I'm dealing with in myself. You know, myself, the guy who did it, he's obviously disappeared. So, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. So, anyway, all right, gentlemen, well, listen, have a great weekend. And uh, I appreciate your help. You Thanks too. for listening. Thank all right. With that, we got two lines open 303 477 5600. Let's go to Dennis. How you doing, Dennis? Good, guys. Uh, thanks for being there to fill in for John. You bet. I would also like to thank Josh as a customer. Um, he's got just an awesome shop up there in Boulder. I've been up a couple of times, and he's been able to help me both times, and I appreciate that. The uh, front of the house staff is just as awesome as the repair side of their shop and uh you got a good thing going there josh i appreciate it well thank you dennis how's that seven three treating you oh the beast is back <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> we hope it's not leaking oil all over your your driveway and, and garage now so no no uh also guys i wanted to ask john keeps talking about these computer chips and the fact that they're going to have to be redesigned um, to, I guess, get along with uh, the chips, chip manufacturer specifications. Mm-hmm. 
do you guys think that will spur a new OBD3 protocol? Now, the, the, oh, the protocol is on the emissions side, so it doesn't really matter what chip it's running. It's what the government wants to have. But we also got to realize in OBD2 there's been tiers. So they've, they've yeah. actually tightened the regulations in OBD2 to, to meet the new standards because, you know, the, what we get from the early OBD2 is a lot different from what we have right now yeah. on OBD2. So they've tightened the standards in the OBD2 protocol. They just change, you know, after a certain period you have to tighten these up. You know, cats have to be warm in so many minutes now yeah. instead of so many hours like it felt like in the old days. But they can fix that in OBD2. They can, yeah. yeah. Interesting. And with the new protocols, do they get more descriptive and easier to, oh, let's say, understand? Uh, not really. It seems like, yeah. yeah, they've just increased, you know, what they do. Confusion. Confusion, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's a good it's way to put it. It's more confusion. Yeah. Yeah. They just make things happen quicker. You know, one of the, what we used to have is the catalytic converters used to kind of be under the car. And now we've seen all of them move up right close to the engine because yeah. they want that cat to light off, what we call light off, or get ready to, to start cleaning the exhaust quicker. So, you know, that's one of the protocols they've seen. Yeah, and it creates more heat up in the front, too. It does. So, and the other thing is, like Josh was talking about earlier, when, when he can go in there and light up all the modules, we haven't been able to do that before. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you can now light them all up and, and see what they're doing to see which ones the actually... With that, you can now start looking at which one's actually given a code that's creating another code that creates another code. Mm-hmm. So it gets a little bit harder to diagnose them in a little bit, but then in the same token, it kind of makes it a little easier because, you know, you have pros and cons on both sides of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it does it, you know. Now that we used to back with OBD1, we had to put in a different adapter in for each make and model yes. out there. Now it's one common plug. So yeah. You know, that's easier. That makes it a lot easier that yeah. way. But now you're looking at more things, exactly, too. Exactly, a lot more data. And you have to look at a lot more data than you used to, to be honest with you. And that's because the modules uh, talk to each other, and they're all interdependent. Is that correct? Yes. Exactly. They're all looking at the same things at times. You know, like he was talking about an ABS, you know, um, a lot of things look at the ABS sensor now to see what's going on. The radio does, because yeah. the radio knows that... If you're driving this fast, it has to be this loud. It has to change the volume, you know, and little things like that. You know, it's, there's a lot more things that they have to look at. And so when people go, well, you're going to diagnose my car, so why do I have to pay for that? Well, <laughs> because we got a $8,000 scanner, and we're going to take another hour to two hours to try to diagnose your car to find out where the problem is. Well, you have a scanner that tells you what the code is. Well, no. the code is one thing, but what's causing that? Just like an O2 sensor. An O2 sensor can go whacked out, and everybody's thinking, well, just replace the O2 sensor. That's not the answer. It could be because it's got a bad injector. It could be because it's got a bad wire. It could be uh, a bad relay. It could be so many di- different things. Or a pinhole in the exhaust right next to it. Yes. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks, guys, and keep up the good work, Josh. Well, you got thank- a great shot. Thank you very much, Dennis. All right, Nathan and Dell, you guys hang in there. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. 
Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck. We can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Rates are low, but are you still paying too much interest? Why continue to pay most of your interest up front like a conventional loan when you can use the asset manager to save thousands in unnecessary interest costs? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. The asset manager is a simple interest loan which means when your payoff decreases, your payment decreases, and so does your interest. Our clients are paying off their home in half the time. They're not changing their spending habits, and they have access to their equity for 30 years, even after it's paid off. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Think about it. This simple interest loan allows you to own your home faster, access your equity for 30 years, which means never having to refinance over and over and over again to pay off debts or for home improvements. No more requalifying, no more additional costs. Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, and see for yourself. You're in control, not the bank. NMLS 298191, regulated by door, equal credit lender. Okay, and we're back. Got one line open, 303-477-5600. And we'll go to Nathan. How you doing, Nathan? Hey, I'm doing good. My question's in relation to a slave cylinder. And if a clutch wearing out can make the slave cylinder mount break. What kind of vehicle do you have? It is a 2002 Honda Civic, the two-door. No. To the actual mount on the transmission where the slave cylinder is bolted is broken? Yes, it snapped. It, the, right between the bolts snapped clean off. 
while we were going down uh, Wadsworth, I believe, and clutch went completely to the floor. Yeah, I and did. not a clutch going out uh, wouldn't no. cause that. Okay, no. neighbor just said that a the clutch didn't stiff or whatnot. That's being maybe a weakest point. That's what gives game. Now I would. Only thing I could think of is, did it have the original slave cylinder in it, or yeah, was it an aftermarket? I'm pretty sure it's the original. Unless the clutch couldn't be pushed anymore. That it, or the other thing is, some I have seen issues if it's been there for a while. The pivot ball, yeah, will mm-hmm. rust up, and you can have some excessive force from that more like the pivot ball dragon. Okay. Would that you, cause the slave cylinder to break? Usually, I haven't seen that. I've seen the ball break. Yeah, I've seen a ball break, too, but I've never seen a slave. Yeah, I've never seen the slave itself break from it. Okay, I'm just curious what you guys thought. Yeah, I I would have to see it, but I'd find it hard to believe. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. With that, we got two more lines open, 303-477-5600, and we're going to go to Dell. How you doing, Dell? I'm pretty good, guys. Hi again. Hey, I'm Matt. Gentleman with the 99 Chevy Silverado. Uh-huh. Usually, the ignition cylinder, the core, that, that comes in just the core. It don't have the housing or anything in it. Usually, if they use a screwdriver on it, they'll damage the first two, the first two wafers, which you can replace them and fix it. If he has to buy a cylinder... You buy one from, uh, get a locksmith, and they can get one through Stratech, which makes the locks for Chevy and uh, Ford and that, and it's about a third of the cost of what the dealer's going to charge, and it's, it's in a kit that you can key up to match the car. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. News to know. Yeah. 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 And but it's it's a strat. The only difference between the Stratech and the factory is uh, the bag. You know, like Ford on my Ranger, an ignition cylinder for Ford's like a hundred and forty-one dollars, uh-huh. and I can buy the same thing from Stratech for less than fifty. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. So, yeah, and. And then uh, also on it could be the ignition the ignition switch itself because that's usually what returns the the key back to right. the deal. If they took the switch off and used a screwdriver on it to start it or whatever they did, you know, they could damage that too. Right. Yeah, that's you what it sounds like they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because on the on the newer ones they have a that the housing that switch goes in has got a it's called a it works on a three way magnetic switch. There's a little magnet in that cylinder that's got to pass that magnet in a certain way. There's nothing special about the keys, but you have to have a key to go for that magnet to pass. And then it'll start if you try to force it. It breaks that magnet, and then it won't start. Okay. Yeah. Good info. Yeah. You would know. Yeah. You're. Yeah, I've done a few. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, on them locks, any door locks or any of that, if you go with Stratech instead of the 
the, uh, you know, find you a locksmith that can get them because they're in a warehouse here in town most of the time. And they're a lot, a lot cheaper and a lot, I mean, I can buy one and key it up to match the car cheaper than what you're going to buy from the factory. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Dale. Okay. Have a good day. That's good information from Dell. Um, if you have any more questions, 303-477-5600. He was the key guy. He, he, that's what Dell did, by the way. He was um, a locksmith. So, um, and I think we John used him quite a bit in the, pri- in the past. I was too far south for him to come that far. But he knows his stuff. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. So, um, as we were talking about the cars earlier, you know, the, the computers and stuff, you know, the changes that will be coming, you know, they always make the manufacturers cut back on fuel or, you know, get longer fuel ratios so they can go further and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, when they do that, then they have to change the, in the OBD2, they change some things in there to make it go further. And it's not just, you know, cutting back the fuel and making the engine burn less. Right. There's a lot of other things that come into play. Yeah. Exactly. And we've seen a lot of changes with, you know, that almost all the manufacturers have gone to direct gas ignition or yeah. injection on them. Injection, yeah. And they thought that was going to be the fix-all for a lot of things, but that's created some problems, oh, too. Oh, yeah. The carbon buildup has become bad. Bad. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have that with the Nissans. It would back up in the back of the valve and then carbon up real bad. And, yeah. Let's go ahead. Well, we got a Nissan question. we got Mike from Arvada. How you doing, Mike? I'm okay. How about you guys? Good. Doing good. Good. Yeah, I just caught and I didn't catch uh, who was it uh, had uh, some Nissan pick-em-ups in the past. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> okay. I got, about this off, I'd never seen, never seen my dad didn't know. Uh, he bought, when he retired, he bought an 83 uh, B20 long bed. Love it. It's, it's great. Well, right now it's, it's a, what, 38-year-old beater, captain beater. Uh-huh. And the four-wheel drive and that engine, uh, that Z2, two, two and a half liter, excellent. The, like I said, running gear is excellent. That engine is bulletproof. But I never knew, and I don't know if my dad knew when he bought it, what's the purpose of the, of the eight, eight spark, spark plugs with that? They were just trying to get mileage, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, because they only... So it, it, it wasn't an emission thing. It was more to try to get uh, mileage, yeah. fetch mileage. Yeah, because they had, exo- okay. they had um, spark plugs on the exhaust side and then on the intake side. Yeah. Right. And they would no, only fire right. certain one, the intakes, at a certain time. And then they would... Okay. You're driving down the road, then it would kick in all four or all eight okay. plugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... I Never knew the rationale for that. Um, yeah, we still get, I mean, it's a 38-year-old truck. It, granted, it's, it's pretty low mileage. My dad didn't have a long time or use it extensively for the commute or anything. But, uh, yeah, we still get 25 MPG out of that, even yeah. for buying. Uh, it's it's uh, not not spacious like the modern, uh, modern Tundras and yeah. 150s, 250s. Uh, uh, no, but those are good little trucks. Mm-hmm. They were great little trucks. Yeah, very durable. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's. It, I totally see. <laughs> it's hanging by a spider web. The the rust thing. I agree. Oh, with yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I've got extensive, but 
you know, as long as the body doesn't break apart on me when we're doing backcountry, it's a tough and it'll fit in places that a, a lot of full full yeah. size won't. Right, it's, it's narrow enough that I can charge up and I can go through aspen groves that uh, you know full size two fifty uh, 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 ram what have you is going to get squeezed and they're going to get themselves boxed in a in a, some of them narrow uh, gaps that we we off road. Uh, so yeah, I was just curious about that. Yeah, I've never never heard a reason to why or wherefore. And uh, okay, that's yeah. I, I think that it kind of proves that we're still getting twenty five mpg off of it with doing uh, seven degree grades, eight yep. degree grades, mountain passes, and off roading. And uh, okay, that's that's cool. I, I'm glad I heard you overheard you say that because it's always been in the back of my mind. How come? Yeah. And uh, you know it's, uh, but yeah, it's it. We'll probably when it finally breaks apart, body rust out. And, We'll probably sell off the engine and the running gear. That'll be what's left of it. <laughs> right. So, okay. Well, I appreciate you answering that question. You bet. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, the, you know, the, I had a Datsun 1980 pickup, mm-hmm. and it was just the L20B is what it was, the motor. It was just a 2.4 or 2.0 liter, four cylinder, it had four plugs. My wife, we got her a, a 510. And it had the Nap Z motor in it, is what they were called. And it had the eight plugs. And that thing would get 32 miles a gallon back in 81. I can believe it. And that thing was fast. Yeah. It was a two-door. It was fast. It was the last 510 they made. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, as they're getting Jim lined up here, you hang on, Jim. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto and Truck is geared up servicing and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto and Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto and Truck. 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day. 
the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Josh from Legacy Automotive here, and we got two lines open, 303-477-5600. And we got Jim. How you doing, Jim? Pretty good, pretty good. I've uh, got a question about a s- small engine. I've had a couple of single-stage snowblowers, and I always drain the gas out after the season. But the last time, it, I didn't drain it out of the carburetor bowl, and it it died, so I took it in and uh, got it worked on. But then they worked on it, and it lost compression. So I got rid of that. I just was tired of adjusting the uh, the reel the, that powers it to the on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. So I just bought a, a two-stage snowblower, so it wouldn't have to work as hard, and I wouldn't have to work as hard when it got heavy and wet. Right. So and but I've talked to two or three different mechanics, and I'm trying to keep this one running. And they say to use ethanol-free gas, so I've got that all figured out for both the summer lawnmower and the, and the uh, snowblower. And I'm just wondering, have you, have you heard that, that ethanol-free gas will solve most of the problems about the gasoline yelling or whatever it does when it sits in the tank and you don't use it? Have you, are you, have you heard? I'm just looking kind of for an opinion, another opinion. It will help because the ethanol attracts water. Yeah. And that's what it does is it actually pushes it out. There's always a little bit of water in the gas, but it pushes it out to the side against the metal parts. We've had a lot of gas tanks, you know, back when the ethanol came up. Yeah. And the gas tanks okay. would just rot out because it would push the water to against the metal and the actual fuel in the tank, and it would make the metal rust. And that's usually when you, you get a carburetor on something that's sat for a while with ethanol, ethanol gas in it. It's just loaded with rust is what it really is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Is it, is it super necessary to uh, I run the gas out of the engine each season? Is it still, is that enough, or do I need to it, do It helps, and then you can put fuel stabilizer in it, too. Yeah, to you, can, you, you either go one way or the other. You either fill it all the way full mm-hmm. and put stabilizer in there or something like that, or you empty it. Empty it, and that means the carburetor bowl, too, probably? Yes, yes. All right. Yeah. Okay, that solves that. I hope it solves that problem. Yeah. Uh, then my next question, uh, it's completely different. I have a 2008 RAV4 V6. I keep 
pretty good records. It's got 107,000 miles. And I looked at my book, and I don't show any records that I've had the differential oil. Is there two differentials on front and the rear on a RAV4 V6, I assume? There is. There's, there's the, uh, well, the main part of the differential is part of the transmission up front, but there's a little what we call power takeoff unit or transfer case that has its own oil in it. So that okay. should be checked. So it's kind of the differential, but only for the uh, right side axle. And then there's the one in the rear. So, oh, okay. and it does have, usually have a different fluid in it than the transmission. So I've they, had the transmission done a, a couple times because I think I overdid it. But uh, and then look see it in my records. Look but in your I records. Done the differential is that a special oil, special high tech stuff nowadays, or on the rear? I think it's still 7590. Actually, 7585 on the Toyotas, and I think the front one is still 7585 on it, too. But look in your records. It should say sometimes they don't write it up as a front diff. They write it up as a transfer case or a power takeoff unit or power differential. They have different wordings for whatever the manufacturer was, and whoever serviced it might have a different lexicon oh. that they use on that. But it would have a, you know, a gear oil like a 7585 or 7590 Because I had the... Uh the transmission done the second time at a little over a hundred thousand, but I I just specified transmission, so I assume. They yeah, they they probably didn't do it because it's, it's a you know a separate fill and drain plug on that other than the transmission itself. Okay, so and it's it's not a big deal, to, but it's it should be done if it hasn't been done. By, yeah, at by at your mileage, it should have, it should be done. Okay, all right. I can't think any other. Crises, so well, thank you very much. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Norm from Westminster. How are you doing, Norm? Yes, I have a 1917 Kelly Springfield fire truck. It's the chain driver and mechanical brakes. And I was able to remove the uh, left rear hub uh, with an 8-inch uh, universal hub puller. But the right rear, I can't, I can't even budge. Any uh, suggestions on uh, how to remove that right rear hub? Oh, boy. You got me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, uh, did you try any? Well, it's probably got grease in there. Yeah, and probably that, you don't that want to heat it. leather seals. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to yeah, heat it up. There's, uh, there are two sets of... Uh, uh, brake shoes in there. One's for the handbrake and one's for the footbrake. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, there's not, uh, there's very little grease. Uh, there's a grease, there's grease on the bearing, of course. But uh, uh, I think the uh, the drum it's stuck on the the four shoes itself. And uh, uh, I, I've, I've tried some heat, but and, uh, no, it no, just uh, doesn't work. Uh, yeah. And the problem is that the uh, the backing plate is not attached to the uh, to the axle or uh, anything. So when you when you try to pull it, the backing plate comes with it. Uh, so. And will the the drum rotate, or the shoes act like bonded to the drum? So the yeah, wheel will still yeah. rotate. No, the wheel won't rotate at all. Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna have to. Usually, you got to get that at least the wheel to rotate around those shoes before those shoes are even going to start to move. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So that's usually, you know, but the problem is they've probably been froze on there so long, it's going to be hard to get that to happen without destroying the backing plate and 
what's left of the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's no adjustment in there that you can slip through to. No. To adjust no, the smaller. No, yeah. There's no way to adjust the shoes. No. no are, no. are they hydraulically? When you press, you know, you are they hydraulic then? No, no. It's all mechanical. Yeah. How can so can you release the cable? So is there uh, a lot of tension on the cables? The cable actually pulling the shoes, you open. know, out yeah. or open. I, I've uh, I've pulled them uh, back as far as I can uh, to try to to compress the uh, the shoes, but uh, that's that, that still doesn't work. It's not a, it's not a cable. It's all uh, rods. It's all push, yeah, push steel rods. Tubes. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably a pivot where the push-pull tube goes and actually, you know, makes the shoes come in and out. Is that pivot loose, or can you get some WD-40 on there and get that thing working back and forth on it? Actually, there's a uh, uh, there's a cam that uh, operates. Pushes that, them in uh, there. Yeah, and the cam's on the inside, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I'll, I'll have to take a look at that and see if I. Because that's what I, I would do is try and you know get a lot of WD-40 or any penetrating yeah. oil there and get it really soaked and then get that cam or because I've either seen levers or cams on some of those old school systems and try and get that thing freed up and that might make those shoes come in just enough to get the drum off. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's good advice. I, I really appreciate it. You bet. This this has been. Uh, a major project. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Everything we touch is a major project anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. All, All right. Thank, thank you. you. All right. See, we even tried to help a fellow with the fire truck. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we might have one more caller coming in. We'll see. Um, I appreciate you coming in, Josh. Thanks, thanks um, for having me. Give a little bit more information, you know, where you're at. And so we're uh, Legacy Automotive. We're in Boulder. Um, if you know where the Boulder Dinner Theater is, we're right down the road from it. We used to, if you ever went up to Boulder, over there used to be Power Sports, which was the motorcycle yeah. shop right next door to us. Okay. So, uh, and uh, our phone number is 303-396-0555, and work on just about everything up there. So. Okay. Let's go one more. Mark, how you doing, Mark? Hey, real good. Um, I heard John uh, say the other day that Colorado was um, number one for stolen vehicles. Right. And I've actually actually had my vehicle stolen a couple years ago. But anyway, um, anti-theft devices, do you have any recommendations for, like, an aftermarket anti-theft device? Yeah, shoot. Um, not offhand. Um, I know they don't like – the more you do to it, the less they want to take it. If right. you put a club in on the wheel, they probably would go to the guy that doesn't have a club right next door to it. That's, uh -huh. that's okay. the only thing I can suggest, other than getting your other stuff done. You know, like if I go downtown anymore, I open up my hood and take, disconnect my battery, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. or, or take something off of my truck so they can't start it, you know. Yeah. My brother-in-law just was downtown, and they had their, their car stolen, so he had an oh F250. F they stole it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, those are real popular. Yeah, so it's it's hard to say because they figure it all out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank Sorry. You. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. 
All right. With that, I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for You've having been me. listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.